Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Hi, everyone. This week, I have Kylie, who left a domestic violence situation with three kids, a handful of suitcases, and not much else. Four years on, she has got a great job and has bought her first home and a new car. But I'm not going to tell you about her journey. Who better to tell us about her journey than Kylie herself? Hi, Kylie. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thanks. No, thank you. No, it's great. Hey, look, I mean, you've come such a long way from walking out with nothing and the kids. Tell us, tell us about what you've done since, you know, leaving. What's, what's gone on? How's your so, journey? I mean, as you know, I left a domestic violence situation um, that um, mm. resulted in um, a couple of convictions um, for my ex. Um, and so that was, it was really hard to try and deal with initially. Um, one of those convictions was against one of my children who was just turned seven at the time. So that was really quite hard. So we had a lot of um, a lot of hurdles that we had to go through trauma-wise with them. So I, I, and initially I mainly focused my energies on them. Um, I think my biggest hurdle, and my, um, the things that really worried me a lot was the fact that I wasn't bringing in an income. So we had a... Yeah. Yeah, that must have been a worry because, like, where did you go? Like, when you left uh, with the kids and the suitcase, like, did you oh, have anywhere to go to? No, did you well, have we were homeless for five weeks. So um, we ended up, yeah, oh it was very, very lucky that um, one of the parents at the school um, that my son and her daughter were friends. Um, I didn't really know them very well because um, my relationship had kept me very isolated from a lot of people. So that was really difficult. Yeah. Um, but um, she offered me a room underneath their house. So they had, um, yeah, oh, so wow. um, I stayed at the, under their house for five weeks um, until we secured somewhere to live. Um, so that was very lucky to do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, trying to find a, a rental with no income coming in was, um, you know, it was, uh, it was one of the things I'd never had to face before. So that was really hard. And yeah. um, so I guess... I kind of had to try and find my feet financially as to what was I going to do. I mean, we were running a family business and obviously I had left that too. So I've not only lost my home, I'd lost my relationship and I'd lost my job. So, you know, I pretty much had nothing, absolutely nothing. And I had $43 in my bank account. That was it. Um, I was very lucky though, because my dad did step up and um, he was able to um, finance me for a little while, although he was on, um, he was a Vietnam veteran, so he was on a pension himself. So um, he could sort of only filter in what he could give me. Um, But, you know, it it was enough to help me and and make me step up. So we finally found somewhere to live after five weeks and that was great. Um, And was that just basically looking on realestate.com or whatever and then, or did you have to go and, sort of talk to some real estate agents and go, hey, guys, this is my situation. Can you help us out? Or it, yeah. how did that happen? It certainly was. It was a case of saying to these people, you know, and it was really quite embarrassing for me as well because I'm a very proud person. And, oh, you know, yeah. and to say to a stranger, um, and it was, you know, in the situation I was in, the town I was in at the time, there was one degree of separation. So people knew you. 
And yeah. to walk in there and say, hey, listen, I need help. I need to find someone to live because I've, you know, this is my situation. I kind of had to swallow a bit of pride and, you know, and ask for that handout, you know, not a handout, but just that, that helping hand to say, look, you know. Um, and look, at the end of the day, we're, we're strong single yeah. mums, aren't we? And like, we just, we yeah. just get on with it. And like to actually have to go and say, hey, guys, hey, uh, can you ha- hmm. give me a hand? It's not something no. we do. We just get on with no, it. No, exactly. <laughs> and it was, yeah. And so that was um, a really quite um, confronting, I suppose, um, you know, and it just made me realise sort of how, I guess, I low I really felt at the time. Um, I felt defeated mm. and it was really quite hard to deal with. Um, I mean, in the meantime, while all this was happening, um, a friend of mine was actually starting up her business and she was, um, it was a drive-through coffee place. And because I had a bit of social media training, I started helping her with the social media. Um, and you know, we got the, um, the presence put out there and things like that. And it actually was the beginning of me starting my business. So, um, so while all this was crumbling down around me, I was focusing not only on, you know, my kids, but I was also trying to focus on um, keeping my mental health going and also, um, yeah, sort of um, starting with this business one. Get some money in. A little bit of income, I was really going to be quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so once we sort of found somewhere to live and then, you know, we, um, you know, got the kids settled into school and, you know, I started focusing a little bit on this business. Um, it actually started to grow quite a little bit and um, it was sort of enough to keep me um, occupied um, and take my mind off things because I was also facing court cases. I was facing, oh, I can imagine. you know, AVOs and, um, you know, and also having the kids in. I was also seeing a counsellor. I saw a counsellor for four years. Yeah, so oh, good. That's a really important yeah. thing, I think, um, that really helped me grow through that too. It was yeah um having someone to talk to freely about how I was feeling and um and being able to you know to say you know to know that that's okay like that's completely normal um uh, yeah and I've got I, I have to I have to agree with you there because um I I did something similar I had a counselor for three and a half years or whatever and just having that other person who's not a friend a relative somebody who's completely neutral who doesn't know the situation and that you can vent to and you can like you know talk through situations and I don't know if it's something to do with us women but I find it easier to get everything that I'm thinking outside of my body and out of my brain either by talking to somebody or writing it down or whatever I don't know if you're the same did that is that what you yeah yeah actually having someone that I could speak to like once a week or once a fortnight and um and because um the relationship had left me um a shell of the person that I used to be um because it was actually not just that I mean obviously it wasn't just one assault there was it was over a years that had happened and um I had come from being this strong independent career-minded person to being this um shell of who I you know I didn't even recognize myself but having that person to help you recognize that you still have that strength and you still have that independence and you can still build yourself back up was really really uh, instrumental in um and helping me gain the foundation again to to start stepping up yeah it's just about like yeah especially over that period of time you like lose yourself don't you and uh it's then all about the key you're focused on protecting the kids and like protecting yourself as such and you lose who you are yeah absolutely 
So, you know, and that was, you know, so that was, um, yeah, I, I thought that was a really, really um, positive thing that I did. And it was something that, um, I mean, I was lucky um, in a degree, in a sense that my father was a Vietnam veteran. So I got my counselling through D, um, through um, veteran affairs. Oh. So, um, so yeah. I was very lucky in that respect. But I do know that there are a lot of domestic violence um you know, counsellors out there that people can access because I was offered all of those when um, I went through with my court cases. And, um, I mean, the police were amazing um, in helping me, like, you know, connect with those services, um, which is something I really appreciated at the time because you go through these situations and you don't think anyone's going to believe you because no one's believed you before. And, um, yeah, you know, crazy. yeah, and to have that that service, um, yeah, it was um, it was great. Um, to have, yeah, and I and I remember you saying to me that the police were unbelievable. Like you weren't sure, like you said, about being believed or anything like that. But the police were like a rock mm. as such for you and the kids because um, they just helped you so much. They did, they did, and I know there's a lot of cases out there, and I hear it all the time. And you know that the police don't help and the police don't believe you and things yeah. like that. But I never experienced that. Um, in actual reality, um, I actually felt that they were um, advocating more for me than I was. And, um, you know, looking back in hindsight, I think, you know, having that, knowing that they were there was, um, yeah, was what helped me to stay away and, you know, never to go back. Um, So, um, I mean, yeah, I have a positive story with them and I, I would never you know, think that they would never, you know, do the wrong thing by being, by saying, you know, it never happened or, you know, you're exaggerating wasn't a case in my, yeah. you know, in my situation. So. Yeah, no, I know. And I, look, I've heard of various different things on the spectrum, but like I've always had a good experience with the police and their, their hands are tied to a certain extent if nothing's occurred or, you know, um, if due to privacy laws or whatever you know they try and help as best they can basically but yeah it's always best to report things to them and try and see if you can use them as best as possible you know possible in your situations because they are awesome mm. um and they are there to help us and and i know um people sometimes are scared of the police yeah. But um, there's no need to be. Yeah, one thing I noticed, though, I mean, when the police attended when I was assaulted, they, um, in this particular case, um, they, you know, the one question they asked me was, um, are you afraid of your partner? And I said no. They saw straight through that, you know, and, I mean, as much as, you know, I mean, I was terrified but they saw that. Yeah. I mean, and this is what I think, you know, people seem to think the police have no, you know, no empathy and no sympathy. They see it. They know it. They just, you know, but sometimes they've got to act in a manner that's a little bit more cautious because they don't want to put people yeah. in further danger. So, you know, um, but that's just, like I said, that's just my experience anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, so once I started my business, um, and my business started taking off, um, then I started working through, um, a couple of different companies and things like that. I just started building myself up. I started focusing on me, the kids, finances, you know, um, and then where was I going to go? Um, the kids, you know, they seemed to be okay. We were still living in a very stressful environment being such a a town where I was living. Um, you know, but, um, I was still under that impression that I couldn't leave. Um, wow. 
And um, so it was still very stressful for those for those four years. And it wasn't until actually after my father had passed, I was working for another company down then um, that worked. Um, and um, my father had passed away. And the one thing he wanted was for me to come home because, you know, back up to Brisbane. And I was yeah. like, and it probably took about six weeks. And then one day I just turned around and went, you know what, I'm going home. I went home. So, yeah. So I packed everything up. Oh, my gosh. Um, again? <laughs> again, again. It cost me quite a bit of money, but I had some money saved up. So yeah. because I'd been, you know, I'd been quite frugal, so I'd been saving as much as I could. And, um, yeah, packed everything up, packed the kids up, and I moved home. And so I've been back up in Brisbane. Um, I got a great job that I um, I really love with some people that I love, a great yeah. company, really supportive. Um, yeah, I bought the house um, through COVID, which was quite difficult. But, you know. Oh, okay. And so, and so, do you have you are you still running your your own business, or are you, or I have you actually got a job? Well, now? I've got the full time job, but funnily enough, and I, I let my business go through the wayside because when COVID hit, um, all my yeah. clients went. You know, look, they started peaking, they started freaking out, and I just said to them, look, let's just null and void your contracts. You look after your business. Don't worry about me. I'll, I'll always bounce. And that's when I actually applied for an insurance um, a position in insurance and I got it um and okay. I've been working since funnily enough I've actually had a, um, quite a few of my friends and um, my past clients reaching out to me again and saying hey would you be interested in helping me out cool. and I'm like oh you know I've got a full-time job I'm renovating a house sure I can take you on again <laughs> super mom super mom oh my gosh okay but look at the end of the day it like I man I know completely what you mean I mean like I work full-time and then I do this podcast and stuff like that on the side but like yeah if you can do something that become is a side hustle that gives you extra money or whatever and then becomes something that you mm. love to do full-time and you're not then working for the man as such then yeah, hats off to you because it's better for you, the kids, everyone. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I like I said, I love my job and I'm, I'm happy where I am. I think, you know, at least it gives me an option. I mean, I can choose what I want to do and what I don't want to do at this point. And I think having the freedom and the luxury to do that is kind of quite exhilarating. Like I can, you know, I can just, you know, I can spend a couple of hours on a Saturday if I want to or a Sunday and I can still spend time with my kids. You know, that's an important aspect of my life too. You make sure I spend yeah. time with the kids and, um, you know, we go and do things and they're not just being, you know, I, I keep thinking that cats in the cradle song, it just always comes into my head. And sometimes that's how I feel. Um, but, yeah. um, you know, I make a concerted effort not to, but, you know, I just think, you know, a little bit of extra play money and I can take the kids away on holiday, you know, we're planning on maybe going to Canada yeah. next Christmas. So, you wow. know, okay. bit of extra money to do that with and why not? Yeah, no, well, exactly right. Mm. Exactly. It that's it all helps, doesn't it? But like, okay, so so wow. So oh, through all of this, and I know, and I know, because mm. you and I have both spoken about this, right? Like there obviously there's dark days and and you know, you just think, oh my God, how am I gonna get through this? I mean, what what are the top three things that you could if you were sitting down and I, with me and I was just going through this what would be the top three things that you would say to me um to keep me sane um that's a really difficult one because it really depends on the type of person that you are I mean I know for me my top three was surrounding myself firstly with people that were strong that wouldn't um would have that empathy yeah. but wouldn't give me 
the excuse to allow me to say, I'm going to give up. You know, it was it was surrounding my piece of stuff with people saying, yeah. you know, you can do this, you know. You know, pull your big girl panties off. This. You yeah. can do this. Um, and I literally had a friend that would say that to me. And, um, yeah, and so that would yeah. be my first one. Um, you know, just every day is that it can be a battle. I remember waking up every morning and just going, I just want to stay in bed. I don't want to get up. I just, I just, I can't. The world is too heavy yeah. on my shoulders right now. And it was a case. Yeah. It's like pulling the covers over your head and just going, I, ca- I can't do this anymore. Like, I, And I know completely what you mean, because I've been there where you just go, I can't, yeah. I just can't. So I can't on days cope, like that, you know, yeah, but you do. Well, on days but- like that, I just say to yourself, you, be, you know, say you need to be kind to yourself. Put one foot in front of the other. Do not give yourself any expectations. Yeah. You don't have to do everything. And that's one thing I really battled with because it was always, you know, um, my responsibilities, you have to do this, you have to do that, you know, have to look after the kids, you have to clean the house, you can't let, you know, and it was just so overwhelming. And then when I realised I don't have to do that, I mean, I have to look after kids, obviously, but, you know, I don't have to get them out of their pyjamas. If we want to have a pyjama day, we will have a pyjama day. But it's being kind to yourself and saying, you know, what really do I have to do? Yes, I have to feed my kids. Yeah. But yes, they can have cereal for breakfast or they have cereal for dinner or they can have, you know, it, it's it's not about putting, you know, putting that pressure on yourself anymore. Um, yeah, look, yeah. It, like I suppose uh, it's like picking hmm. your battles, isn't it? Like if they want to be in pyjamas all day and if it's a battle to actually have that discussion with them and get them dressed and you're not really going anywhere, well, let them stay in pyjamas all day. And if they want to have cereal for dinner, it's exactly. one day. Like, it's not that they're having cereal for dinner for the next year. It's one day. Like you say, be kind to yourself and just go, okay, it's one day. Let's just. It's one day. But, you know, I always made the effort to say, right, and the next day I'll put, make sure my, you know, I will do, you know, I will do what I need to get done. Um, But you at least know that you've said, okay, I've given myself that day. And sometimes it was all it took. It just took that one day to say, it's okay. I'm okay to fall apart today. I'm okay not to be a mum. I'm okay just to. To sit on the couch with my kids, I'll watch The Little Mermaid five times if I have to. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know? yeah. And, I mean, and we, um, we that's when we started our um, Saturday night or Friday night party nights, you know. And um, oh, yeah, okay. So, you know, Saturdays, you know, we'd clean the house, we'd do our thing. I didn't have the money to go out or take the kids anywhere, but I'd have the money to be able to, you know, have a DVD or, you know, um, you know, get some popcorn and some chips and some lollies. And, you know, we'd sit around and, you know, our pajamas all day. And then we'd have our Saturday night party night. We'd just pull the blankets and the pillows out and watch a movie and, you know, just connect with the family. And that, yeah. And that's the thing. It's, yeah, it's something so simple like that. You don't have to have loads of money. The kids don't really want well they do like when they start school they want loads of stuff but like you know they're happy just being with you um and as long as they're loved and stuff um yeah they don't need to like you say you can watch a dvd at home or like you know uh i know people have netflix and various different other things which makes it just as easy but um yeah you know get some popcorn and stuff in and yeah get them to make some popcorn i mean buying corn corn kernels and stuff like that and getting them to cook yeah. it anything yeah that's no, different. we, did. we yeah. also just got to, you know some days we had a deck of cards some days we had a board game you know it wasn't it was just whatever yeah. we felt like at the time just as long as we spent that time as a family and I think it made me realize that 
it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like my family, my kids were going to come first. And it made me realize that yeah. Yeah, everything I do, I am doing for them. Um, yeah. But, and I think the third thing I would actually say that I would, the advice I would give you is to um, focus on you because if you fall apart, everything falls apart. Yeah. So you need to look after you. If that means you need to go and see a doctor, you need to go to the gym, you need time out on your own, you need to take, you know, whatever you need, take that time because if the kids know it, they feel it. And a lot of behavioural issues do come yeah. from the um, feelings that parents are emitting and they don't realise it. Parents stressed, parents coping, the child's not coping. Yeah. 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 Look, I, I agree. And it just makes it worse. Like I know with my son, if I'm stressed, he's awake at 4am wanting to come into my bed. And that means that I don't get a full night's sleep because he's up. So he's stressing because I'm stressing and it just goes around in a circle mm -hmm. and then you just get worse and worse and worse. And yeah, you just got to yeah deal with it. Go and talk to somebody, uh, go and get counseling. I know there's lots of help groups out there, like especially for domestic violence and various different situations. And it's just going online, if you can, Googling it and seeing what people are. And like on this podcast, there's lots and lots of um, people that I'll be talking to who can help like homeless mums, homeless dads, you know, uh, domestic violence, alcohol abuse, various different other things like that, that we'll hopefully be covering mm -hmm. on here. So, you know, we'll have like a directory as such of um, addresses and charities and foundations and things that can help basically. Um, I'm slowly building yeah. that up, but yeah, you know, we, we will get that. So it'll help people out. Yeah, no, I look, everything that you've said, I agree with, uh, it's yeah, it definitely is about you, um, and you and the kids at the end of the day, isn't it really? So, okay. So what did you, what did you see as your biggest challenge and like, how did you overcome it over the, like those four years? What was the biggest challenge for um, you? I'd like to say money, but I actually don't think it was because I sort of had my handle on that. I actually think my biggest challenge was the, I mean, as I said, you know, I was in a, a relative, you know, a, a smaller town um, yeah. and it was the rumours, the people around me, the people who didn't believe what happened. They believed him. They didn't believe me. Um, the, you know, and that was really hard because with that, I actually had people coming up to me when I was having coffee with a friend and they were telling me what was happening in my life and I had no idea who they were. Oh and God. it was really hard because there was always this preconception. Um, I also came across, like I'd apply for a couple of jobs and because they knew who I was, apparently, I didn't know who they were, but they knew who I was, um, I didn't get the position. Wow. And um, I mean... And you know, you would sort of think, and then you make yourself sound like a serial killer, but you're yeah, well, not. Like at the end of the day, well, you uh, just were in a situation that, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and it was, and it was nothing to do with you. You were actually the victim out of all of this, not you know, not the perpetrator. <laughs> exactly. Such, but and yeah. it didn't matter that he had convictions. It was the fact that I was still, you know, I was still this, um, yeah. this really horrible psycho person, apparently. And um, yeah. so, I mean, it was hard because I didn't fight back. I wouldn't bite back. I didn't give them the satisfaction. I was just, you know, well, okay, I think if that's what you've heard and that's what you choose to believe, then that's fine. The yeah. people who know me, 
they know that that's not true, but I'm not going to, I'm not, um, your opinion of me is not enough for me to want to change your mind. Yeah. And I commend you, I commend you for that because you can't change other people. And that was, and that was it. You know, I mean, I, I was for a while there, I was trying to justify myself going, no, no, that, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. That's not me. And at the end of the day, I was becoming so stressed. I wasn't sleeping. I was, you know, I was losing so much weight. I was becoming so Oh my gosh. And it was obviously with being the count, having the counseling, he made me realize that it's those people's opinions don't matter. Um, people who don't want to know the full story and they don't want to know both sides, their opinion doesn't matter. And I've got family members who only know one side of a story and they, um, they are mature enough to go, okay, we know there's two sides to each story, but we're not going to make a judgment. And, um, and they don't, and which is great, but there are other people in the family who had, and they will believe one side of a story and then, you know, make out, you know, but again I would turn around and say you know what until you know both sides of a story then your opinion doesn't have any weight it does not have any bearing on how I behave or what I do that was a really hard thing to overcome or to you know to face um so that was probably the biggest challenge I had and and how did you do that did so counseling helped you uh overcome that then basically and get you to see that you aren't going to change these people so just and it's their opinion. It's it's their, like I always say, um, it's that one person's opinion of me, but there are 20 other people who have a different opinion. It's their view, yes. but it's not who I am. No. And one thing I actually realised, and I think this has comes across to from a lot of domestic violence victims, is that the perpetrator will use the people around. So, they'll, you know, when you remove yourself from the situation from them, they will find other ways to get at you. And that was my ex-partner's way of getting at me. And it was a, just another form okay. of abuse. Until yeah. I turned around and said, you know what, stop. I'm not going to tolerate this. I can say no to this. It's how I respond to it. I'm going to say, yeah. no, you can't hurt me anymore. Not physically. Yeah. You can see, you know, obviously in other ways. But I said, no, you know, um, until when I took that power back into myself, that's when things started to change. And, um, yeah. and that's the one thing that I think a lot of domestic violence victims, that's why they won't come forward. They're not believed and their yeah. perpetrators made other people, family members, friends believe that what you're saying is not true. Yeah, yet, because they're crazy or they're like, you know, they're they're bipolar yeah. or they're like, you know, they call them all these other things. Yeah. They've got mental illness or whatever. And you haven't. No, 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 no way at all. But they sort of go, oh, look, no normal person would do this. They're ill. Yeah. And you sort of go, well, actually, no, that's not the situation. Well, and this is it. And it wasn't until like, I, you know, I surrounded myself with people that were strong, that strong. believed me. Um, I, I yeah. had to really calculate, like, you know, step by step what happened, you know, when when he was convicted, not only of assaulting me, but also my seven-year-old, it wasn't just me. I didn't walk in there and, you know, make all these accusations and then suddenly the judge went slammed down the, you know, the rubber and yeah. said, so, you know, you're convicted. Yeah. There was, you know, police interviews. There were domestic violence officer interviews. They had to run it through the senior sergeants. They had to run it through the prosecutors. The prosecutors then had to go. And then the judge made the final decision. So yeah. when you have all those people involved, you turn around and you go, you know what? It happened. And you yeah. might turn around and go, oh, no, no, he didn't mean it. Or no, 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 you know, it didn't happen. It, you just made all this up. 
I'm yeah. sorry, but, you know, our legal system, while it needs a massive overhaul. Yeah, it does. But, yeah. Um, these people, you can't convince this many people of, this, you yeah. know, of something happening without someone questioning yeah. it. Well, and also when you say, oh, he didn't mean it. Well, actually, he had a choice. Mm-hmm as to what he did, yeah. his actions as such. And I don't want to make this about no. the ex-relationship because this is really about you and your, how successful you are at the moment. But people all have choices, exactly. whatever it is. And so, therefore, it is about choices that are made. Nobody does anything against their will. Well, unless there's somebody holding a gun to their head. But yeah. in norm, in a normal circumstance, you all have choices. You have a choice as to whether you go down one path or another path. Mm-hmm. And there's not a, oh, there weren't, you know, he had no options. There are always options. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. So, okay, I'm going to turn this around, though. So we covered off the biggest challenge for you as such. What was or has been your greatest moment? What have you gone, wow, okay, crikey. Um. There's been so many, to be honest. You know, um, like since. Oh well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, give us a few then. No, because like no, because when you say wow, there's been so many in the last like four years or whatever, I go wow, okay, there's not just been one. No, then. and there hasn't. <laughs> it, it, it's been it's a awesome. series. Like you know, I mean, it, it all starts off small, and I mean, at the time that was monumental, monumental for me. I mean, my first purchase when I went out and I started buying things and I didn't have to make the phone call to say hey am I allowed to buy this to me I was like I'm allowed to do this and for me to realize that was huge but then obviously I bought the house I bought my car having getting this job um, having my children um, be able to afford to put my children into a specialized program every day I look at what I've done for my kids and that to me is the biggest achievement I know that I've given my kids the best and I'm really proud of myself for what I have done. And I think, you know, um, you know, I mean, it might sound a little bit conceited, but, you know, the fact that when you crawl yourself and claw your way back up after being in such a black, dark hole and having nothing, and, I mean, I don't have a million yeah. dollars. I don't have, you know, <laughs> a luxury house or anything like that. But I've got my home. I've got a house now that my kids, it doesn't matter how old they are. But who's to say a million dollars would make you happy? I mean, you know, I right. do sit there and go, well, it might help. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. you might not be happy with a million bucks. Yeah. So it's just about it's about being grateful for what you got in the present moment, isn't yeah. it? And I think my biggest achievement as well, um, another thing, you know, um, one of my children has anxiety. And, you know, one of my biggest achievements for him was that he's now become an environmental leader at his school. You know, he, wow. he stands up, he is confident, he is, you know, he's still got his anxiety, but I've been able to get him through and say, you know, we're there for you. And that to me is a massive achievement because he was a, the anxiety he went through was, uh, it mm. was like uh, so horrible for him. Like he oh, I can him. imagine. And now yeah. I see him standing in front of, you know, the whole school and, you know, making these speeches. And it was just, yeah. like, that to me is a massive achievement. You know, oh, and it makes you proud. I mean, like you know, when you when you have that situation, you sort of, it's it, to me, it's the proudest moment ever. You know, like seeing my kid play soccer or whatever. Yep. You know, it's yeah, it yeah, yeah, it is. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. My biggest, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's for me. I protected my kids, and that what they went through while it was early in their life, 
is yeah. not going to have a lasting effect on them. You know, I've now, you know, I've protected them and I will continue to protect them. Um, I'll yeah. do whatever I can. So, you know, that to me, I guess, is the greatest achievement so far as well. So, yeah, no, so that's many. awesome. That's brilliant. Well, no, but it's great that you say there's so many because, you know, people sit in situations like you were in sort of go, can't see that their life could be so much better, that it so could be different, that there could be all of these great moments. They can't really see like they can't see a different life as such yeah. and um yeah it's it's a shame and that's why that's why I wanted to interview you guys because there, there's so many mums out there who were in relationships whether they were good relationships or bad relationships they've left with the kids and they've achieved so much but yeah it's not been an easy road and an easy journey and I you know and I was sick of seeing all of these single mums you know who were like going oh it's easy and everything's great and you know it's not it's bloody hard no. <laughs> and it's up and down. you have a roller coaster ride and I wanted to go hey yeah. guys if you're having a really hard time out there it's okay we've done it like you've done it you've had four years of this of building yourself back up to the person that you are today and it ain't been easy and you know yeah. uh, but we're here and you know you can do it like you said it's about surrounding yourself with can-do people um and yeah. putting that one foot in front of the other as such do, yeah. do you do um so I I do little things on a daily basis just to just to keep me positive and to keep me moving mm. forward. Do you do you have daily rituals that um, you sort of do to just keep you in a positive space as such? Because you're like talking to you, I've talked to you a few times, you're so positive and you're so like, yeah, I can do this and it's all good. And, you know, from coming from nothing, you just seem to be still steamrolling ahead. So like, is there anything that you do daily or? Yeah, I do. Um, I, when somebody tells me I can't do something, I do it. And, and that's the mentality I keep. Yep. Um, so if I'm having a bad day, I'll put the music on. I'll put my earbuds in. I'll have the music blaring. I will go and do a gym workout. I'll go and do, I'll go shopping. I'll do what I want. Um, but if I'm, you know, but every day I'll say to myself, you know, um, pull your big girl panties up. You can do this. Every day, even yeah. if I don't want to, even if I'm sitting there going, you know, I, and I always think I've got these two voices in my head. One's going, no, you can't, no, don't, just go and lay in bed. You don't want to, you know, you don't, don't do that, don't do that. You know, oh, you know, you don't have to do that. And I've got this other person that's like a drill sergeant. I always think he's kind of like a little comical, you know, Benny Hill or something like that. And I'll just, you know, he's in, you know, yeah. military uniform. He's like, pull your big girl panties up, stand up, get your shit done, just go and do it. And it would be like, yeah, know, so depending on how I'm feeling, each one will win. And then I have this other, you know, me going, you know what, I'm just going to watch Netflix and, you know, they're out all day. Yeah. But, you know. But it, that's okay yeah. to do but that someday. Day, I just say to myself, yeah. you know what, um, look at how far you've come. You can do it. Don't give yeah. in, um, you know, because that's when you fail. If you give in, if you don't try, yeah. that's when you fail. And you can make as many yeah. mistakes as you want. If you try, you don't fail. Yeah, small steps, isn't it? it? Is. Small, small steps, step. definitely. And that might be definitely. even just saying, hey, I'm going to do the washing up today or I'm going to do the washing, you know. Yeah. That could be your biggest achievement for the day and that's great. That's awesome if you do that. But every day just have one achievement and, um, yeah. Yeah. But if someone says you no. can't do it, just no, do it. No, that's cool. Because, honestly, if someone else can do it, there's no reason you can't do it. 
has has there been anyone who's um who you can think like oh that person influenced me or you know has like helped me push myself further as such um yeah I um I have a friend who um and she's actually a police officer but I actually met her after all of this I only met her uh, like two years ago so she actually had nothing to do with you know the situation but um she is probably one of the strongest women I have ever met and it's not the fact that she's a police officer it's just the fact that she is she's a solo parent as well I'll never like I mean I always say I'm a solo parent you know I raise my kids solo yeah um and she's a solo parent as well and but she's you know she she was the one who sort of um made me realize that there's no reason why you can't do something you know because I go oh no I can't do that I should get someone else to do that and she'd go why can't you do it oh you know well I don't know how to do it she goes figure it out figure it out out. and um and that's when yeah so you know she's been really instrumental in um and being one of the strongest people I've met but she's also strong within herself and I you know when I first met her I just went she's the person I want to be you know she's the person I'm going to emulate emulate myself again you know or be be like I just want to be like her um have her strength have her yeah and and I bet you if you said that to her, she'd be like, "What? What? There's nothing like she wouldn't no. see herself as anything different." No, or exactly. Like, right. Yeah, we should get her on. <laughs> we should get her on the podcast. Let's get her on this podcast. Uh, we she can give us her secrets. Oh, uh, I can always try, but I don't think so. She'll be um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> working yeah, and looking after but... the kids. No, all good. All good. Yeah. No, 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 that's awesome. No, and like, look, I'm, yeah, I, I have same people who keep me sane and talk me down from the ledge on a regular basis yeah. <laughs> um, as well. You know, it, it is, uh, it's about the people in your life as well as like, you know, there's, there's different things that I've read and I, I try and keep myself, if I'm in doubt about anything, I Google it and read, you know, and read mm. and absorb it and learn as much as I can. So if there's something, if I'm not dealing with something my son's doing, maybe in an effective way I like try and think well how can I deal with it differently yeah. and question myself yeah. yeah constantly constantly learning yeah I know I know what you mean I know what you mean so look um you're just you're a single mum just like me uh talking to me so there's you're not like selling anything or going anything but look if people wanted to get in contact with you should they then should they email me and then I'll forward on their emails and things to you um yeah. or message on the Facebook page yeah, and things like that and we can send details to them yeah, that yeah, way no, that, that's fine if they um they say send yeah. any questions or anything they want to know yeah. yeah no okay that would be good because like I don't know they might have some questions on a one-on-one yeah. basis regarding domestic violence situations I mean I'll post details in the blurb um at the end of this podcast regarding you know where people can go and get help mm. regarding domestic violence etc cetera, etc cetera. um and there are quite a few organizations now that helping domestic violence situations which is awesome so mm. that would be good so far my final question I ask this to everyone so regular listeners will probably be a bit bored of this question by now but you know it's all good there's different things that come out if you had a superpower 
Uh, what would it you know, be? I've thought about this question for a while and I look honestly I have no idea what my superpower would be either I think you know, <laughs> I'm, you know what would I do clone myself I think that would be the only being able to clone myself just so that wow. I could you know get twice as much done but you know I, I yeah I don't you know, do I want to know the future no no that's okay no that's fine never you had know, that one I before just, but yeah, that's cool. I don't know I just think, yeah, I yeah. probably just want to, you know, be able to clone myself. Like, but that that's it. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know. Then you could send your clone to work and then you could stay at home and watch Netflix and do whatever you paint or go on holiday or whatever. And then your clone could do the work absolutely. and still be earning money. Yeah, see, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd take my kids away, you know. I'd still have the money to be able to take my kids away and go yeah. and do fun stuff and well, if you cloned several of you, then they could run businesses for you, you and go. you could just be the big boss lady. Well, that's true too. That's true. I can yeah, have a business see. going. I could have the work going. I can, yeah. you know, the kids, someone could clean for me, cook. Oh, love to be able to have See, a happy day. See, so you went, oh, I'm not really sure how to answer it, but I think your idea is pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah, no, cloning cloning ourselves. I mean, you know, we try and pack so much in, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, there we go. You'll have to think of this blooming cloning machine and sell it. You'd make a fortune <laughs> selling it to us all. <laughs> okay, look, Kylie, brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on board and telling us um, about your journey, about where you've come from. I love talking to you because, like, you're so positive. And to come from where you have to, you know, like, new house, new car, fantastic job, side business. I mean, you know, um, you, you can't, like, underestimate everything that you're doing because it's, like, it's massive. And the kids are all thriving and everything like that now, which mm -hmm. is brilliant. So to come from the situation you've come from is, you know, I think that's the most important thing for me, you know, making sure that the kids thrive. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, you hear so many stories about, you know, when I was a kid and I went through this and what happened and how it impacts some of them in their life. Um, you know, I'm just glad now that um, they've, you know, they've been able to deal with it and they're not going to have yeah. that impact. And, you know, they're, you know, I keep telling my daughter every time I drop her off to school, you know, I said, learn, like, you know, I always say, love you, learn lots. And remember, you're going to be the CEO of a big company one day. And she'll go, yes, mommy, I'm going to be the boss. And, um, you know, to be able to have that confidence <laughs> and, you know, to know she's going to be, you know, she's going to be okay. No limits. It's, it's, no limits. The only limit is the limit you give yourself, exactly. really. So, yeah. And that's what I keep telling him, you yeah. know. You can do whatever you want to yeah, do. No. And, um, yeah, so that's. You're doing a fantastic job. No, it's brilliant. No, that look, thank you again. And um, yeah, look, have a great weekend. Thanks for coming and talking to right, us. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great. Yay, okay. <laughs> Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. 
We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.